0: My beautiful people, happy February! I am so excited for this episode. I feel like I say that every my god, it's so late. I feel like I say that every episode, and I'm so sorry. I still haven't picked a um date to post, and I haven't been that accurate. Also, if you hear chewing and noises, you know the drill. My dogs are in the room. But if you're new here, hi, my name is Mia. I love podcasting. Um I post things related to everything lately. I've been on kind of like um like a conspiracy horror type of vibe. Not horror, but like horror. So, today we're going to be talking about some of the most haunted places in the world and if you have been to literally any of these places, please let me know because I'm a curious cat, and I love haunted places. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. Actually, I'm not going to shut up because I need to continue this podcast. But I'm going to stop rambling and start on to the list. And the first thing I have is the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. So, it was a world-renowned whiskey bar. And people have traveled here um, since the opening in 1909, But the hotel reached new levels of fame after inspiring Stephen King to create The Shining's Fictional Overlook Hotel. That, like, eerie association, association, Wow. Why do I always have to film at 1 in the morning? Please let me know. I know my dog's trying to crawl up me, and she's going to start crying. Oh my god. Do you hear that? What are you knocking over? Can you (laughs) please? Hold on. I scattered treats literally all over the ground, so if you're chewing, sorry. But, um, with the Eerie Association, like, aside, so many other ghost sightings and, like, things have happened. And get this, people have said that there's, like, mysterious piano music that just starts playing. Absolutely not, and this is not that scary. We're We're gonna get to scarier parts, or scarier places, but. The next one is St. George's Church in the Czech Republic, and it was originally built in 1352. Whoa. Um, but it was nearly destroyed um, by fires many times over the centuries, and the roof partially collapsed during a funeral service in 1968. And after that event, the congregation became convinced that the church was haunted and refused to enter. And as a result, the building was literally just stripped by robbers, vandalized you know, but that all changed in 2012 when an art student at the University of West Bohemia had an idea to, like, bring visitors back to the church. And, (laughs) just wait, the student put 30 ghost sculptures sitting in pews with their head bowed. Heads bowed. Heads bowed? Yeah. Um, but, this is public every Saturday afternoon, um, called the Ghost Church. I know it's not technically haunted, but, like, come on, like, a place that old with that much history and, you know, funerals happen, like, come on, come on. Let's be so for real right now. Like, I'm so sorry, but even a place, like, that didn't have, like, funerals and stuff, like, after, like, being around for that long, it's just gotta happen. It has to happen. Next up is the Winchester house in California. And I'm gonna start trying to go into detail as much as I can about these places. But, um, after her husband and child died, Sarah Winchester, she moved to California and she started building the Winchester house. And she believed that she had to maintain construction in order to like appease the spirits of those who died from... The winchester rifle and when she passed away the house had been worked on non-stop for 38 years and it has these like crazy features like staircases rising to ceilings doors leading to nowhere non-working bathrooms meant to serve as decoys i'm so sorry um but the house is now a museum um and guests and employees claimed that they have seen multiple supernatural events. Um, They say that there's a ghost named Clyde, who is a wheelbarrow ghost. Um, And people say that they have seen him working on the fireplace in the grand ballroom or pushing a wheelbarrow around the grounds. And the basement, people say, is cold no matter what time of year it is. And guests also say that they feel tugs on their clothing, hear footsteps, or they see figures appear in windows and hallways. And... Th- that's absolutely terrifying, and I still want to go there. But that's so scary. Like I'm so sorry. If you hear my dog crying in the background, she has a cut, and she will not stop picking at it. And I told I I try to make her not pick, but you know she's on meds. She's okay. She just does not stop. This next place is the call is the call is called Island of the Dolls, and. It's a two-hour canal ride from Mexico City, um, and it's this forest, and there are thousands of mutilated dolls hanging from trees, and just hidden, and that is terrifying. And they were put there by a Mexican man who believed that they would appease the troubled ghost of a small girl who died there over 50 years ago, and still haunts the woods today. Um, His name was, or her name... I think we don't know. I think it's her name. Uh Julian Santa Barra. I don't I feel like awkward saying it with my accent cuz like I do speak another language if you didn't know. But um whatever. She retreated to the woods soon after she drowned in the nearby canal. He claimed he could hear her tormented screams and footsteps in the darkness. And even today, like decades after his own death in these woods, visitors say they hear whispers in the night and feel the doll's eyes following them through the trees. And if you look at, oh, sorry, a big picture just popped up. Uh, Oh, no. That really gave me bad vibes. That gave me bad vibes. Absolutely not. Um, but long story short, he did this for 50 years and his family now runs a tourist attraction. Um... But no thank you. That will not be a place that I'm going to ever visit. Dolls just give me... Like, they make me uncomfortable. I don't know what it is, but they're so scary for no reason. The next house is the Sally House in Atch... Atchinson, Kansas. Um, But the Sally House gets its name from a famed demon in the form of a little girl. You can guess the name. Her name is Sally. Um, Who wreaked havoc on the homeowners who... Obviously, own well, the house. Their names were Deborah and Tony Pickman, and this happened in the 1990s. And the same little girl had been seen by former renters, and their names were Bobby and Colleen Hunter. And their daughter Heather had played with an imaginary friend she called Sally. Um, reports of evidence of satanic rituals in the basement are just like also the icing on the cake. And people that have visited visited the house have reported being scratched bit in and even screamed at during their tours or overnight stays <laughs> how fun is that okay next story uh rose hall in montego bay jamaica children in jamaica are still terrified of stories of annie palmer who was said to have practiced voodoo she began sleeping with plantation slaves and killed them Or had them killed to keep them quiet. And then she poisoned her husband. Also, I'm sorry I'm laughing. Because my dog, I'm trying not to look at her. But she's scratching my leg right now. She wants to come up. Um, But anyway, Annie later married and killed two more men. And she became known as the White Witch. And it said her spirit, as well as those that she murdered, haunt Rose Hall. Which is now a museum. Where visitors and employees report hearing doors slamming. And men screaming. Next up is Woodchester Mansion in Gloucestershire, Gloucester, Gloucestershire, England. I don't know. Uh anyway, while constructing the constructing, sorry, the mansion in 1868, the builders like abandoned the site just suddenly, leaving behind tools and unfurnished rooms, and it looks really normal from the outside, but on the inside there are entire floors and rooms missing. But the house is not empty. Visitors claim to see floating coffins, headless horses, floating heads, an old woman and a little girl. Staff say they've had their hair pulled before their cannons turn off. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. I couldn't, uh, 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 mm, mm, mm. Like, don't get me wrong. I love spooky stuff, but like, if you really take a minute and pause and imagine yourself there, uh, 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 no. Next is the Biltmore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina. And this vacation home I wish I had one. It was built in the 1800s by George Washington Vanderbilt II, and it's reportedly haunted by his spirit and his wife's spirit, and her name was Edith. And this is so, this is actually sweet, but it said that their love was so strong that they couldn't stand to be apart in the afterlife which is like so sad but like so sweet um but visitors have heard a woman's voice and a couple laughing together and even seen like apparitions walking the grounds and you can actually tour this place with or without a guide whatever works best for you Next, we have the Whaley House in San Diego, California, and in 1852, a convicted criminal named James Yankee Jim Robinson was hung on the site of Thomas and Anna Whaley's future home, and it said he could be heard walking around the house by their young daughters. But he's not alone. Visitors have also reported seeing the Whaley's themselves, a young girl and a dog, and wafts of cigarette smoke or perfume that have suddenly appeared, and this house is a museum and a historic site today. This house is very iconic. I'm sure we all know about it. This happened in my state, Massachusetts. This is the Lizzie Borden house. It's in Fall River, Massachusetts, and Lizzie Borden was the main suspect for the axe murders of her father and stepmother in 1892. Um, she was tried and acquitted though, but now she is said to haunt the home where her parents were murdered and is reported to laugh at the top of the stairs and it's now a bed and breakfast that you can stay in overnight. Like, clearly, it's a bed and breakfast. Um, I have never stayed there, but I really want to. But there's ghost cams, and it the whole place looks just like it did the morning of the gruesome double homicide. I highly recommend you look it up. It's just an interesting case in general. Like, obviously, it's so sad, but it it's a crazy story. Next up, we have the Myrtles Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. Um, and this is crazy, because there are at least... 12 ghosts taking up residence at the Myrtle Plantation, which is rumored to have been built on a burial ground in 1796. A commonly seen and photographed ghost is a former slave named Chloe. Um, when her ear was chopped off for eavesdropping, she killed two of the master's daughters by poisoning a cake and was hanged by her fellow slaves. Um, it's possible for like anyone to catch a glimpse of her and many others walking the grounds of the bed and breakfast. Highly recommend you look this up. It's freaking wild. I'm gonna say this wrong, even though I'm a true crime fan. When I say true crime fan, I don't... F- fan? I don't mean I like true crime. I mean, you get it. Um, This is the Villisca Axe Murder House in Villisca, Iowa. And this is an unsolved murder of six people. Josiah and Sarah Moore. Their four children and two friends staying the night. And they stay the night in... 1912, I think, and this what, what's the word for six? But the six person murder made this house one of the most haunted houses in the country. Guests have heard children's voices, seen falling lamps, moving ladders, watched objects fly across rooms while taking tours, and just way more. But that's insane. Um, if you're brave enough, you can spend the night in the murder house. <laughs> um, and it's said that a lot of people just run and leave in the middle of the night, which... <laughs> geez. Alright, bitches, this one. If you are an American Horror Story fan, like me, you will know this. Um, it's called the La Lore House. I think that's how you say it. La Lorie, I'm not sure. But it's in New Orleans. And American Horror Story um, Season 3 Coven reignited interest in this like famous French Quarter haunt. And in the series, Kathy Bates plays Madame Delphine Lalaurie, I think. I totally forget how they said it, but um, Delphine was a rich life socialite and a serial killer. And she orchestrated a torture chamber for enslaved people at the Royal Street Mansion in the early 1830s, before responders to a fire uncovered her dark secret. Her victims are said to haunt the property to this day from the street, like, pedestrians have heard shouts moans crying and some have even seen ghostly faces in the upstairs windows and even through all this it hasn't stopped like rich people like from buying it um before losing the home to foreclosure in 2009 Nicolas cage actually owned it which is kind of crazy this one is the house of death in new york city or not new york city but new york new york Um, but the House of Death is a famous brownstone off Fifth Avenue, and it's reportedly terrorized by a whopping 22 ghosts. The most famous ghost among them all is none other than Mark Twain. (laughs) Like, what? I'm so sorry, but imagine going there and being like, oh, hey, Mark, what? Like, anyway, he lived there from 1900 to 1901, um, but the most heartbreaking ghost there is the ghost of a six-year-old girl who was beaten to death in 1987 by her father who was a criminal prosecutor named joel steinberg in addition to sightings of twain and the girl residents also see say that they have seen visions of a lady in white and a gray cat which is like jesus christ next up we have the molly brown house which is in denver colorado and margaret brown championed workers rights fought for suffrage and won the french legion of legion Légion, Légion, the French Legion of Honor award for her help in France during World War One. But she is best remembered for surviving the Titanic's Titanic, mm-hmm. the Titanic's sinking, and people called her like the unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh, but it said that along with her husband and her mother, uh, they all haunt her prized Victoria. Victoria. Wow, I have notes and I just cannot read them today. But uh, I'm going to go off note because I feel like I can't read. But it said that the three of them all haunt her Victorian home, which is now actually a museum. Um, And visitors that went there have said that they've seen apparitions in the dining room. They smelled like this creepy, mysterious pipe smoke from Margaret's husband. And they've noticed rearranged furniture and unscrewed light bulbs. And I would not be there. I would leave. So like I say, I want to go, but honestly, I think I would shit myself if I actually was there. All right. This one is the Bellwitch Farm in Adams, Tennessee. Um, and this is a basic old story. Two neighbors were at war. A woman named Kate Betts... Baths, sorry, believed her neighbor, John Bell, cheated her out of some land, and when she was lying on her deathbed in the early 19th century, she swore that she would haunt him forever, and the result was mayhem for the Bell family, which said they experienced, experienced physical attacks heard chains dragged across floors and noises in the walls they even claimed to see odd looking animals on their farm like a dog with a rabbit's head and you could actually tour the bell witch cave and the replica of john bell's log cabin from may to october i'm so sorry that is the type of petty that i aspire to be um i don't know how to say this house but i'm really trying the snedeker house Snedeker? Snedeker, 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 that kind of sounds cool, Snedeker, whatever. Um, we're going to call them the S family, but this is in South- Southington, Connecticut. When the S family lived here in the 1980s, the drama they experienced in the house, which was also a former funeral home, was so crazy it ended up inspiring, drumroll, the haunting in Connecticut. And during the two year span, the family claimed to have been physically assaulted and just harassed by demonic experience. experience wow spirits and their son philip said that he was visited by a creepy man with long black hair very often which no thanks we're gonna do another massachusetts one because massachusetts is so historical but it's also so haunted because like i said with old things come scary stories this is the joshua ward house it's in salem massachusetts and it was built in 19 19 wow i'm a liar it was built in 1784 for a prominent merchant named joshua ward and it sits on a site where high sheriff george corwin who was a major figure figure in the salem witch trials once lived corwin was known as the man who used his cane to poke back in the tongue of a dying Giles Corey, one of the witches executed by piling stones upon his body. Let's just pause and process that. There are three ghosts now associated with the house. I might be saying these names wrong, I apologize, but Giles Corey, the strangler, who chokes visitors, and the witch, who is famously captured in all her disheveled glory by a realtor taking photos at a Christmas party at the property like no thanks next we have Lemp Mansion in St. Louis Missouri and the Lemp family they were obviously the creators of the Lemp Brewing Company um which was very popular before prohibition is that how you say it whatever you know what I mean Four members of the family killed themselves between 1904 and 1949, three of them inside the 33-room Victorian mansion, where they allegedly still reside and haunt guests. It's, of course, like we guessed, it's been turned into a restaurant and an inn, and you can go and, like, join a ghost tour, stay overnight, which is just, like, crazy that all these places have become, like, you know, you know, like, tour places. Next, we have the Ferry Plantation in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and this plantation was built on Native American hunting grounds. So, if you couldn't guess already, this home has a lot of ghosts, and they include passengers of a shipwrecked ferry to a boy who fell from a window. People have watched the ghost of an enslaved man walk across the room and tend a long, boarded-up fireplace. And another paranormal presence is a woman named Grace Sherwood, and she was accused of witchcraft in the 1700s, and she was actually found guilty by ducking, which is a process in which she was bound and dropped in deep water, and drowning would mean she was innocent. Which is like... What? Like, so if they die, you just killed an innocent person. It it just doesn't make sense. But after seven years in prison, she was released. And in 2006, she was exonerated. And you can book a $20 tour or stay overnight. Next so we have the Farnsworth House Inn in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And the waiters there dress up in silver Civil War era clothes. But that's not the only person that wears that um people say there's a long dead confederate soldier actually they say there's multiple wearing similar outfits during the battle of gettysburg a lot of the south soldiers died while hiding in this home which explains the 100 plus bullet holes in the brick walls after the fighting in the area was over the house became a hospital for soldiers and you can learn about the weird supernatural occurrences that take place on the property by you guessed it, booking a ghost tour or staying overnight. Which I'm so sorry, but that is a terrifying thought. Like, a house that not only tons of people were shot and hurt in, but that soon became a hospital that people would die in. Like, think about the energy in that place. Just, I'm so sorry. I, I, I I cannot. Like, I, it's just crazy that there are these places that you could be walking by and you don't know the history. Like, you know, these are all very extreme cases with, like, a lot of deaths and they're very famous. But you could be walking down a down the street and there's a house that maybe somebody died of old age in. But maybe they didn't want to die and maybe they haunt the house. And you would not know because you, you just haven't experienced it. I'm, like, scaring all my listeners. I'm like, yeah, now let's be scared of every single house we walk by. Just don't leave your house. Actually, build a new house. But make sure it's not on... Plantation grounds, burial grounds, Native American grounds, just... How about you just live on the ocean? Actually, no, but you know. If you hear whimpering, Luna's trying to climb up on me, but she's very loud, so I'm not letting her up here, so we're gonna have to deal with that. But this next one is called the Franklin Castle in Cleveland, Ohio, and this was built in 1881 to 1883 by a German... She's so loud! By a German immigrant named Hans Tiedemann, who... Tragically lost his four children and this (laughs) place she's climbing on the desk (laughs) She's she joined us (laughs) (laughs) You wanna talk? Is there anything you wanna say? For interrupting me? You have nothing to say? (laughs) Okay. Um so sorry. But, um, it wasn't until the 1960s that the then-owners began to say it was haunted by Hans's wife and one daughter who died before the house was even built, and everyone declared evil. There are hidden rooms, ugly rumors about, like, Hans as a murderer, crying babies, organ music, ghosts who snatch blankets off of you at night, and more. Um, one owner of this house was actually Judy Garland's last husband. Alright, now, these next two, I'm- obsessed, not obsessed, That sounds bad, but I, I'm a fan, you know what I mean, this one is the conjuring house, I feel like all these houses are, like, on the east coast, like, if you think about it, like, the really famous ones, like, Lizzie Borden, John, whatever we talked about, this house, and the next house, they're all east coasters, um, This house is The Conjuring House, and it's in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Um, Paranormal experts say that this, like, colonial-era property is haunted. Like, extremely haunted. In the 1970s, the Perron family, or the Perron parents, Perron parents, and their five daughters experienced a demon or a poltergeist that physically harmed the family in, like, a gazillion ways, including things falling from a barn beam to, like, nearly decapitate the mother, and, like, so much more. And... The most famous duo, Ed and Lorraine Warren, showed up to tackle this, um, and all of this is not documented, but reenacted, portrayed in the movie The Conjuring. And you can, you guessed it, book a tour or an overnight stay. This next one, this movie got me. It's the Amityville Horror House in Amityville, New York. And this house is the site of a really grim murder. Um, And the story goes, and this isn't like a... Story time, like, this is a real ass story, but in 1974, a son killed his parents and four siblings by shooting them. The next tenants, the Lutz family, lived there for 28 days before just fleeing, and they saw things in the house, like, um, the chilling utterance of the words, get out, which were immoralized, immortalized, sorry, in the book and the movie franchise, um, Amityville Horror. But the home has, like, these distinctive quarter moon windows, which have been replaced. Um, but they were in the attic, and everyone said that they were haunted, including by a pig with red glowing eyes who would stare into the windows. That's lovely. But the home was sold to a private owner in 2017 for $605,000. These next two are- these next three! These next four, oh my god, are all East Coast. And we have another Massachusetts one coming up. I'm- actually scared. This is Linwood Hall, um, in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, and it's a gilded age manor with a titanic connection. Um, the house is 70,000 square feet, and it has a lot of floor space, and the ballroom can actually hold a thousand people. The house is abandoned, but it's still, like, pretty intact, and, like, it just have paint peeling, but there is a caretaker and guard dogs, so it's, like, up. Um, but apparently the person that haunts this place is Peter A.B. Widener, Wide, Widener, who built it and his son and grandson who sank with the Titanic, which is so hard. I don't want to think about it because then I think about the dogs in the Titanic and then it makes me panic. I don't like it. Okay, next is hi. Oh, oh, oh. oh my God. It was a piece of lint on me. Oh my God. I'm getting paranoid. Why did I have to do this one I'm so Why did I have to do this one so late? I don't like this. Next up is High Life Ski Club in Chittenden, Vermont. This ski club exists in a farmhouse that hosted some of the turn of the century's most convincing spiritualist happenings. In 1874, Horatio, William, and Mary Eddy, siblings, they're all siblings, they were also descendants of a Salem witch, were seeing so many supernatural beings that Chittenden, 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 earned the nickname spirit capital of the universe mysterious poundings children vanishing from their cribs and a giant native american ghost are some of just some of just the phenomenon um that people see and even a convict convict a convicted skeptic a convinced convinced skeptic wrote people from the other world which is a book about the 400 beings witnessed there during seances Next up is Bolt Castle in Alexandria Bay, New York, and this is a heart-shaped island in St. Lawrence Seaway's 1000 Islands, and it was also, Bolt Castle was a summer home for a millionaire's wife, me next. The castle's construction was not yet complete in 1904 when she did die of heart failure, and the heartbroken Mr. Bolt walked away and the castle was abandoned until 1977 when people came and rescued it apparently strange lights are said to come on in the castle and some have even seen mr bolt haunting the home that death robbed from her or mrs bolt so sorry um next up we have another freaking massachusetts one and it's also in salem and it's the house of the seven gables and i've actually been here um but this was immortal why can i not say this word immortalized whatever It was immortalized in the novel, The House of the Seven Gables, by Nathaniel Hawthorne, who changed his surname to Hathorne to avoid connection to his ancestor, who had served as a Salem witch trials judge. Anyway, this 1668 seaside house was built for a hat and a shoe merchant, and people say that they see a stair-climbing ghost, a giggling ghost boy in the attic, a woman who peers out windows, and she's actually said to be Hawthorne's cousin, Susanna, welcome to massachusetts hope you enjoy your stay these next ones are also freaking east coast (laughs) um this is the eastern state penitentiary in philly pennsylvania and it was built in 1829 and it took solitary confinement to like these whole new levels prisoners lived alone exercised alone ate alone and when an inmate left his cell guards would literally cover his head with a hood so he couldn't see or be seen which is just fucking crazy but the prison had to abandon this like system due to overcrowding from 1913 until it closed in 1970 and the forms of punishment were super fucking severe like chaining an inmate's tongue to his wrists for example but it is now one of the most haunted places in america and thousands of people come to visit every year because it's a museum (laughs) and it's also home to the annual terror behind the wall celebration which features 15 haunted attractions within the prison, walls for Halloween, prison walls for Halloween, I'm so sorry, it's so late, my notes are not making sense, um, people have seen disembodied laughter, seen, oh my god, people have heard disembodied laughter, shadowy figures, and pacing footsteps, next up we have Emily's Bridge in Stowe, Vermont, and, um, This is a 50-foot-long bridge, and it's said to be the site of a young woman's suicide in the mid-1800s. And according according to the legend, the woman, named Emily, was supposed to meet her lover at the bridge to elope, but ended up hanging herself from the rafters when he never showed up. Today, Emily's ghost is said to maliciously haunt the site, clawing at passing cars and even scratching the backs of pedestrians until they bleed. There are slightly less menacing spooks as well, like images of a white apparition and strange voices and footsteps coming from the tunnel, which is also fucking so scary to me. Um, but (laughs) I'm gonna shit myself. All right. This next one's not really an East Coast one, but it's the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago, Illinois. Um... And this is one of Chicago's most popular attractions, but it's also one of the most haunted. Um, but from the 1840s to 50s, the heart of Lincoln Park served as the city cemetery, housing around 35,000 bodies. The cemetery was eventually moved because of the proximity to like the city's water supply. And most of the bodies, but not all of them, were moved along with it. And if you've ever seen a fucking horror movie, you know that messing with burial grounds is the easiest way to get haunted and get your ass kicked. And the Lincoln Park Zoo is no exception. As if walking above several thousand corpses isn't enough. And I'm not talking like one. Several thousand. Be so for real. But if that's not creepy enough, a famed parapsychologist named Ursula Bielski... Once called the area, without a doubt, the most active site I've investigated. And people have reported seeing ghosts there since it opened 150 years ago. And I know you're probably wondering this because I did too, but um, reportedly so far, no animal ghosts have, have been spotted yet, which, like, I'm so sorry, but I really had to know. Next up, we have the Mark Twain house. Guess where it is? The East Coast in Hartford, Connecticut, Mark Twain lived in this house from 1874 to 1891, where he wrote both The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn and The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. The landmark now serves as a, you guessed it, a museum that showcases the iconic author's life work. And it's also like the super crazy place to experience the para normal Um, Visitors have reported things like weird noises, a woman in white, Um, which like, I feel like it's always a woman in white, but the billiard, I think that's how you say it, room is considered the most haunted spot in the house. And it's where Twain used to sit and smoke cigars. And some claim that they can actually smell the smoke wafting through the air as they pass through, which is a no from me. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. All right. If you stayed till the end, I have a freaking crazy story to tell you. This is my own personal story and I've never seen anything here but I actually I have okay we'll get into that later but um first I want to say that I've always been interested in the paranormal I've always been extremely good at reading people people would say I'm psychic I've predicted my grandmother's death like just things like that like I've always been very in tune I don't want to say like with the other side because that sounds cringy but I've always been in tune with that stuff I've been very able to tell like if something's real if something's fake if there's like I'm not being like, oh my God, I'm a medium, but like, I've just been more in tune. And I'm going to tell you about a place that I, that is actually, I don't want to tell you exactly where it is, but it's less than 10 minutes, closer to zero fucking minutes from my house. (laughs) Um, and it's called the Metropolitan State Hospital. Mm -hmm. You guessed it. Most of it's torn down right now, but the entrance, like the, um, Main building is still there, but I'm going to tell you about it, and then I'm going to tell you my experience. But the Metropolitan State Hospital is located in Waltham, Massachusetts, and it was opened in 1930, and it was a facility to treat, like, the mentally ill, and at one time, it was the largest mental hospital in New England, and it shared its grounds with the Gabler Children's Center for Mentally Ill Youth. So it was, like, a little, like, half and half. Um, The facility came into... Being as a result of legislation passed in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, <laughs> Massachusetts, with de- which decreed that the state should be responsible for the care of the mentally ill. And a site was sought in the greater Boston area and Waltham was eventually decided upon. Work began in 1926 and the first building opened in in 1930 the work continued till 1935 as more buildings were added and once it was completed it was regarded as the most modern mental health facility in the country and it cost 1.8 million at the time of completion um i'm so sorry i'm just i'm looking at pictures of it old and i didn't even realize like i've been there i'm gonna shit my pants Um, sorry, but the hospital got exposed because there were a lot of suggestions that young patients were sedated and disciplined and people said it was like disputed, but there's like a lot of evidence otherwise. But in 1980, um, the hospital became focus, the focus of like media attention when a patient there named Melvin Wilson admitted to the murder of another patient named Anna Marie Davy in 1978. He created three separate graves for each parts of her body and kept seven of her teeth. And he buried her literally on the grounds. And I have videos like on the gro- for legal reasons. I'm kidding. But the hospital closed in 1992 as the state of Massachusetts tried to like close mental hospitals and have patients move to private care. And it was left abandoned and decaying for a period of time before most of it was eventually demolished. Um, and now there's a large apartment complex in its place. Um, but there is the Metfern Cemetery. And it's still on the site and it's maintained by the state. And the administration building is all that remains today. And I do want to say, I for legal reasons, I haven't been inside. But for... I'm just kidding. I have never been inside, wink wink. But if I did go inside, I would say I had to wear a mask because it was so dusty and like you just wanted to be safe and you also had to wear shoes because there was glass everywhere somebody like freshly shat in there it was disgusting but there were still like sofas and papers and I, I'm, I wish I saw the videos but we saw paper and it literally said like 19 whatever like on it like it was like a newspaper it was insane going there I just wanted to sit and like read the papers because it was so shocking um but, yeah, it's it's considered very haunted even though most of it's gone. Like, th- the amount of trauma and torture that has happened there. Like, I have been to a mental hospital in the 2000s. Th- like, in our current, like, what am I trying to say? Like, century? I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. And I'm traumatized from it. And I would probably haunt those grounds if I died there. So, like, imagine. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. And you can definitely feel the vibes. Um, When I first started driving... I would always drive my dad there because I just felt connected to it. Not in, like, a creepy way. Like, it it, it was a... Like, it, I do have kind of negative feelings about it. Like, my gut tells me... It's more of, like, a sad feeling. Like, when I pulled up, I was like, ooh, like, something bad happened here. And then I did research and found out, like, all about it. And, um... Yeah, you could just, like... I don't know about everyone else. I feel like everyone else just goes in to, like, go in, you know, like, oh, you went in the house or them whatever, but when I went, like, I truly felt, like, connected, and I could feel the sadness, and, like, kind of, like, the fear, and just, like, it felt like giving up, like, that's what it felt like. I I wish I could explain, like, I really, truly wish you guys could understand what I'm trying to say, but it was a crazy feeling, and I did, I have gone multiple times, because it's so close to my house, but I've only gotten, gone inside once, because, it's really tricky to get inside. I'm not going to tell y'all how, but um, there's also secret tunnels through it, which I have not been in yet because I'm a baby, but I might get like a big group of people and we can go and protect ourselves with some pepper spray. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I love you. And if no one's told you today, I'm so proud of you for just being here. Um, if you like this podcast, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Mia Riders with two S's or or, and, if, and, or, and, and, or, and, or, the podcast Instagram at uncensoredpodcast with two Ts. DM me. Tell me what you think about this episode. It would mean a lot to me. I'll give you a big kiss on the lips or like a high five, maybe just like a nod, whatever you're comfortable with. But I truly, truly, truly love you guys. And I'm so thankful you listen to me every week. Um, you mean a lot to me. So I love you. Happy February and I'll see you so soon. Goodbye. Mua!